Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Back to the Thursday Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. Doug Marie, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means, and how often do we have an and? And Aaron, champion bracketeer. Aaron is joining us. He won our college basketball NCAA tournament bracket for Buckeye Talk. And believe it or not, this is a, quote, prize to get to be on a podcast with us. So, Aaron... Living in Monroe, Ohio, originally from Hamilton, Ohio. You're wearing your Ohio State sweatshirt. I'm not saying your last name because, frankly, you know, I can understand wanting to remain relatively anonymous. If So if you listen to Buckeye Talk and you don't want everybody to know that, I listen to this stinking podcast. But if, if you would this like. This is enough shame without attaching your last name yeah, to it. That's, you that's... listen to that? You listen to oh, that no. podcast? I'm, I'm all right with my name being out there. That's why I put it on my bracket. Once you said Aaron's wonderful bracket, I put my name on it. All right, oh, Aaron, okay. tell us who you are, what you do, and how you came to be an Ohio State fan. Gotcha. Okay, my name's Aaron Haight. I'm from Hamilton, Ohio, like you said. Uh, currently, I'm a mailman out of Fairfield, Ohio. I've uh, been doing that for a couple years. Before this, I worked uh, in a prison, so that was fun. Became a high was it? Fan. Was it you? The way you said that, I worked in a prison, so that was fun. Was it fun? What did you do there? Did you enjoy it? Oh yeah, it, you know, it's kind of what you see on TV, kind of what you see on TV. But you know, once you get through, I was pretty young when I started there. I was twenty three, if you can imagine. I was a little young with those grown men, so it took a little bit of getting used to. But I did that for uh, six years and got pretty comfortable, and you know, decided to move on though. So it was a good change of pace becoming a mailman. <laughs> All right. How did you become uh, how are you a Buckeye fan? It was just always my team, Ohio State, ever since a little kid. All right. I think a lot of people listening can probably relate to that and kind of born into it. So what we're going to do is we are going to have a freshman draft. And we are drafting the true freshman class of 2021 based on how much we think they will help the Buckeyes this season. So what does that mean? Uh, you know, I mean, you can really help a team by being a really good backup who never gets called on, but they would believe in if they needed to, 
right? You can believe, you know, we're not necessarily talking about scout team stuff. Although, frankly, if we're at the 11th best freshman and you want to go on a big rant about how he's going to help on scout team, I'm here for it. Because, frankly, you know, at a place like this, there are not a ton of true freshmen that play gigantic roles. But I think this is an interesting group. I think we will get to 12 without, like, really making stuff up. So we're each going to pick three freshmen. We're going to go in order. Aaron, as the guest, as the bracket champion, will get to go first. Then Nathan, then Steven, then me. We've made our list. We have some references about how much freshmen have helped and not helped in the last several years. So we'll talk about that. But Aaron, we're going to start with you. Who do you think is the number one freshman that will help the Ohio State Buckeyes? True freshman in 2021. Um, I think it's going to be Travion Henderson only because he's, to me, he's the only potential true starter that's going to get a ton of playing time that can actually have an impact, you know, on offense. Uh, so I pretty much think he's going to get the most playing time. So I felt it was pretty easy to choose him to have the biggest impact. Um, I also think having a new QB, whether it's Stroud, McCord, whoever, they're going to rely on the run game a little bit. So I feel like he can get a lot of touches that way also. And I think if I'm re- remembering correctly, Teague has kind of an injury history. I think he ended both seasons injured that he's been here. I'm not sure about his first season. I thought he had maybe an ankle or something. Yeah, no, he's had that. He's a he's a, he runs hard. He's had some of that. Um, Trayvon Henderson was also my number one. Steven, where was Trayvon Henderson on your list? Yeah, he's number one just because for the sake of not making this another quarterback battle conversation, that's the guy that I think – I mean, the, the J.K. Dobbins route is out there for him where he just ends up stealing the job away from his Mike Weber, which is – in this master Teague in this sense, and he just takes off from there and from the Minnesota game on, he just shows why he's a future All-American type player. Nathan, was he your number one? He's the one freshman who you could see being showcased, right? Like at the, by at some point this season, I think even, and I think there's an obvious number two here in my opinion, but, and, and then even some of the other guys that we've seen kind of emerge this spring, they're going to be in the rotation at their positions, but I don't know that any of them could end up getting showcased the way Trevin Henderson could. So let's talk about J.K. Dobbins a little bit. J.K. Dobbins, 2017 as a true freshman, played 576 snaps, according to our friends at 11 Warriors in their snap count. That is a boatload of snaps for a true freshman. Like there are times we're going to talk about some other true freshmen. It was like if you played 150 snaps, you might have helped out a little bit, and that was significant comparably compared to what other guys normally do 576 Mike Weber played 320 snaps that year we all remember Weber was out for the opener at Indiana that night game at Indiana Big Ten opener just like this year if we're going to draw some Trayvon Henderson J.K. Dobbins comparisons J.K. Dobbins his very first game as an Ohio State Buckeye played 76 snaps it like blows your mind they were just like hey freshman here and he went bonkers. Then Weber started working in week two. It was Dobbins 44, Weber 27. The Michigan game, it was Dobbins 40, Weber 25. The Penn State game, it was Weber 48, Dobbins 39. So Weber did have some injury stuff that gave Dobbins that lead and opened the door there. But then, you know, it was a little bit more of a share 
When you hear 576 snaps like that, Aaron, does that match up with what you think of how this could go that, you know what, Master Teague is there or somebody is there as the second back, but yet at the same time, they are giving the ball to the freshman and pretty clearly he's the number one guy. Is that the comparison you're looking at? Yeah, that's how I'm seeing it. Uh, hoping, hopefully, if he is what he is, he'll you know be the starter and get you know a good share, if not the bulk of the carrier carries, you know, a few games into the season. Nathan, the idea that you know Weber's health, as it turned out, opened the door, sort of made the decision for him. Again, I very remember very specifically, just like that whole preseason camp, we were like, "Yeah, might be a little Dobbins." Then, like by the middle, it was like, "Oh, might be Dobbins." And then by the end, it was like, oh, it's Dobbins. Like, you, it just, you, it was coming. And there were just, just like whispers of like, listen, man, he's going to play. Like, this is not like a little taste. Like, he's going to play. But there was an injury factor there. Nathan, do you think, like, does Trayvon Henderson need help opening this door, right? I mean, that, that like maybe Master Teague, who was battling injuries sort of through last season a little bit, recovering from the Achilles and that kind of thing, would – does he need a little help or can he just like blow through the door? Even if master Teague has like an awesome August or to replicate JK Dobbins, does he need the same kind of help? I suspect that he would need help for an opening day. Like you're talking about to, to have anywhere near that many snaps. I think that would, there would have to be something else going on on the roster. I think to make that happen, I'm not saying he couldn't just do it, that the, the talent isn't within him, but just considering the, the, the stack of, of bodies in that room. Let's not forget Mayan Williams. Let's not forget even someone like Marcus Crowley. I, I really don't know. I come out of this spring, not really having a great grasp of how this coaching staff is going to utilize that, that running back room, because I think they recognize the ceiling of Trevion Henderson, but they also recognize guys who have been, you know, paying their dues and doing their job and have been performing well also. And we've seen, you know, Mayan Williams are running with the ones this spring. We've, we, we know that my uh, master Deke has that incumbent status. So in order for it to happen to start the year, I think it probably would take some other interruption on the roster. He's already getting it a little bit. I mean, master Teague wasn't completely healthy during this spring and I mean, he probably wasn't going to play much in the spring game anyway, but didn't play there. And then oh, shout out to 11 warriors. Once again, for their snap counts, they put out the spring game snap counts. They actually divided it up. So you could tell when they were in the teams, but then also in the second half when it was offense defense, Marcus Crowley was one at 26, Travion Henderson, two at 23. And then Evan Pryor was third at 20. And then Maya Williams is 19 at 19 was fourth. So, I mean, the door is already being cracked open a little bit when Master Teague's not already in the picture. So uh, we don't know what Master Teague's health is, what that situation is. What if he's not completely 100% by the time they get to the fall? 29 carries, 181 yards, J.K. Dobbins in his first game at Ohio State. It was like, we were like, what? So, yeah, that seems like that's a high bar. It's a high bar. Hey, Travion. How come you only had 163 yards in your first game at JK at 181? All right. Nathan, you get to pick second, and you said you're taking the punter, right? All right, Steven, you're up third. Cool, 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 cool. No. Let's do this. What? <laughs> what was that? What? All right, Nathan, who are you taking second for the most impact by a freshman? This guy will probably have a, a good nickname someday, but it won't be the punter. Uh, I'm going to take Jack Sawyer. There's obviously some other guys on offense that we think are going to have a role that had really strong springs, but we also saw what this guy did this spring 
And you started to see, I mean, you know, Ryan Day said himself, he's coming up the depth chart. I don't think Jack Sawyer is going to be fifth in snaps among defensive ends on this team this year, the way Chase Young was as a freshman. Now, when we had this discussion the other day, we had some texters shooting back at us saying like, hey, you guys need to bring up again how much Chase Young played as a freshman. Like, don't get too far ahead of yourself on, on Jack Sawyer's impact. But as we talked about, it's a different room. I don't think that, that, that Jack Sawyer has the impediments to playing time that Chase Young did ahead of him as far as like NFL adjacent talent. There's obviously two guys at the top of the depth chart that are, I think, going to still get the minority of those snaps. But I think we definitely see a world where Jack Sawyer pushes ahead of the Tyler Friday, Javante John Baptiste level by the end of this season and has a pretty big role on this team. Chase Young, 196 snaps in 2017, his freshman year. He missed two games that year. So we got to take that in consideration. And then they just really pulled back and just like did not play him and leaned on the four veterans the last three games. Michigan, Wisconsin, the Big Ten Championship, USC in the Cotton Bowl. Chase Young played two, five, and eight snaps in those three games. During the year when he was playing, he had a stretch in the middle where he was almost equal. He was getting garbage time against UNLV, for instance, in week four. He led them in snaps against Rutgers defensive ends against Rutgers. He had as many as anybody else against Maryland and Nebraska. He had as many as anybody else. So they were making a concerted effort to get him in blowouts and make it pretty equal there. But they really didn't. I mean, at the end of the year, to have him be a non-factor when it got serious at the end of the year, considering what he became, and I don't remember because I don't remember what I had for lunch. Actually, I do remember what I had for lunch. I got a I got a hot chicken uh, sandwich, the hot chicken. You know how everybody likes the hot chicken? And it was just like a rub. There was so much like rub on it that I could barely eat it. It was like it was like a, an uncomfortable amount of rub, Buckeye talk. And I was, it was like ruined it for me. So I'm like very upset by the rub. We had, we had hot chicken dry rub last night. I made it on the grill and we've got the leftovers tonight. As soon as we're done here, it was don't, uh, don't put on too much rub. Watch the rub, man. Just be careful. If you get put too much rub on there, it makes it hard to eat. Watch the rub. Buckeye talk. Now, I did not get it from Hot Chicken Takeover, so I don't want people to think that I'm besmirching Hot Chicken Takeover because I think they do it right. Anyway, everybody out there, as always, let's be careful. I do think an over, if, you're, if, we, w- if we would set, Aaron, if we set the Jack Sawyer snap count, if we set the over-under at the Chase Young snap count from 2017, 196, Aaron, would you take the over or the under? So let's say they play 15 games. So that's what, 13 snaps a game, roughly 15. I'd say over. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time because, like you said, I don't think the uh, rotation is as deep as Ben. So I think he could easily be third on the depth uh, chart. And, I, yeah, I can see it being over. Did you have Jack Sawyer second on your list, Aaron? I did. Okay. So, Nathan, you said initially you thought there was an obvious second. Steven, did you have Jack Sawyer second? Yeah, and then there's maybe a little bit of a gap between who number two and who number three are. That's where that's where the fun begins. I think there's an example. There would have been an example for what Jack Sawyer's freshman year would have looked like had Jonathan Cooper not gotten hurt in 2019. I think that situation would have been Chase Young and Jonathan Cooper would have just gotten the lion's share of the snaps, and the fight would have been for number three. And Zach Harrison in this situation, Chase was first with 577, obviously. And then Zach Harrison was second with 284. I think 
if Jonathan Cooper doesn't get hurt, he's probably in the 400 range alongside less than Chase, but same same area. And then Jack Sawyer's in that 285 to 300 range, just like Zach Harrison was in that season. Yeah, I think it's a pretty comfortable over. And I think the main point is the one that you made, Nathan. So you were you were responding to the texters saying this, that it's like you can't underestimate how good all four of the guys ahead of Chase Young were. That it wasn't just Nick Bosa. I mean, that that Tyquan Lewis, Sam Hubbard, Jalen Holmes, along with Nick Bosa. Jalen Holmes, who was the lowest draft pick of those three guys, actually led them in snaps that year. He had the most because he played a little bit of tackle there at the end. So he got a couple extra. So I, I do think that's a really important point. Chase Young was not going to beat anybody out. Not that he couldn't. They just wouldn't even think of it because those other four guys had like been dating and they had to figure it out and oh, they have so many guys. They weren't going to tell any of those four under any circumstance, Hey, the rookies taking your snaps. They weren't going to do that. I don't think that Javante John Baptiste and Tyler Friday have, have that kind of currency. Not to the same extent. And that's not a shot at them, but they're not Sam Hubbard because Sam Hubbard was really good. And he was their third best defensive end that year behind Nick Bosa and Tyquan Lewis. So, like, that's what we're talking about. It is not an insult to say that Tyler Friday is not Sam Hubbard. So that is where we are coming from when we talk about Jack Sawyer. We're all in agreement. He's clearly number two here. And that gets you... Now I'm starting to think about Stephen. I hadn't specifically thought about Jack Sawyer and Trayvon Henderson or Chase Young and Jackie uh, Dobbins. Dobbins, but I'm sure as heck thinking about it right now, right? That not just as freshmen, but is that the arc we're looking at? Yeah, and then like the Jeff Okuda, instead of being a cornerback, might be a wide receiver this time around. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, the world we're living in, where those two are the if there's fre- probably in that class when you go back to 2017, if there were freshmen who were going to contribute, you thought it'd be those two just because of the positions they played and what their talent was. And it's the same thing now. Jeff Okuda actually played 218 snaps that year. Part of it because he had to be basically like a starter in the Cotton Bowl when Denzel Ward sat out. So right. he played a boatload of snaps, but he also earned some time at the end of the year. And again, with these snap counts, this is what we can expect. You see guys who some guys are just sort of like blowout guys, right? But there are some guys where you can see, hey, they didn't do much early, but by the end, they actually were kind of playing a little bit. And there might be some guys on this roster who will qualify that way. All right. Henderson one, Sawyer two. I'm curious to see, because listen, we got to be truthful. This is not the cool draft. This is not what makes you feel cool. Buckeye talk. <laughs> It's who's going to help them. So, Stephen, as you said, I do think it's fair to sort of view this as a drop. Who are you taking third? Three and four are a coin flip, and I'm still coin flipping over here. <sighs> Is one of the sides of the coin Australian? <laughs> yeah, it no, is. I- no, it's what not the, actually. It's not. It's it's. They're the both wide Steve receivers. Putter here. He's picking between no, the two not. receivers. Yeah, I am picking between he, the two cause, receivers because he, he's playing cool time. That's not really cool good. time. It's cool time. Listen, I don't even know what's a coin. What do they call a coin in Australia? I wish you probably looked that up. Coin. I'm going to imagine that. What's that? No, but you know how, like in Canada, they call it a loony and stuff, and there, Canada's attached to us. Australia probably calls it a, a kookaburra. I don't know. Hey, yeah, let's toss a kookaburra see what receiver we pick, even though we know it's really Jesse. All right, pick a receiver. Thank you. Um, I'm going to pick a Mecca over Marvin. 
in this situation. I just think Garrett's the number one receiver as the X receiver. We know that, yada, yada, yada. And, but there is a drop-off from what Jackson Smith and the Jigba is, even if he is the clear starter, third starting receiver, to what Garrett and Chris Olave are. And so I do think there is a world where the number one receiver in the country who flashed a lot in the spring game and also had his black stripe off, literally, I think it was, what, three or four days after Marvin Harrison and Jack Sawyer and Travion Henderson got theirs off. I think there's a world where he's the Jeff Okuda in the situation where it's gradual, where maybe the first couple of weeks, that's just, it's, it is the Jackson Smith and the Jigba is in the slot and they go to Garrett when Jackson's not on the field. But over time, Emeka Ibuka earns more and more snaps every single week. And by the end of the season, Garrett's the number one outside receiver and Emeka is just another option in the slot. All right. You're taking Emeka third. Aaron, where did you have Emeka Ibuka on your list? I had him fifth. I also had him fifth because not mad at it. Where did you have him, Nathan? Five. Five. Not okay. mad. No, you're not mad. Of course you're not mad because you're trying to be cool because you don't want to take the punter. You don't I'll have Doug take the punter. You don't want to take the punter. Aaron, what how do you how do you think this will unfold? Because well, the wide receivers. With with especially a Mecca. Uh, like it's it's just hard. I mean, like again, all this freshman receiver stuff. Garrett was an exception, right? That that Garrett played uh, in his freshman year in 2019. He played 450 snaps as a true freshman. When you have now you have Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave ahead of everybody. You know he didn't have a guy like that blocking him. He could rotate with Austin Mack and Ben Victor and be very comfortable in there. I do, Aaron, do you think it will be hard? Part of it is how good are the freshman receivers? And the other part is how good the guys are ahead of them. So listening to you guys and your podcasting, uh, you think that if something happens to Njigba, they're just going to move Garrett to the slot. If they do that, well, then I think Marvin Harrison's going to play on the outside. So I had him ahead of Ibuka because I feel like Harrison has a – kind of an easier way because Wilson's playing two spots and you know what I mean? If he's going to the slot, you need somebody outside. And I feel like Marvin Harrison's better fit to be outside. And I think that dude is going to be special. He played with a special quarterback. He's college ready. His dad, obviously NFL great. Um, I have Marvin Harrison ahead of him. Even when you thought about this, was it just, was it that you went with a Mecca was it just primarily based on the guy ahead of a Mecca in his spot is not as established as the guy ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr.? And how much do you believe, whether or not there's an injury or something that happens to one of the top three guys, how much do you believe that Harrison and a Mecca are potentially in competition for snaps because Garrett's versatility could allow the Buckeyes to do some things to get the guy they think is best on the field a little more if, if they wanted to? That's what it boils down to. I think the rotation isn't necessarily, you know, Jackson Smith, the Jigba to Mecca to the other slot receiver or the X two receivers. It's one, where is Garrett's best matchup to exploit somebody at in a certain game? Because obviously if you can kill somebody in the slot all day, then if Jackson Smith, the Jigba is not going to be on the field then yes, Hey Garrett, come get some snap snaps in the slot. But I do think right now, those two <clears throat> are in competition to be the fourth wide receiver. I think there will be at least four wide receivers who have a legitimate amount of snaps. And one of them is going to decide how much Garrett plays in the slot. If I think 
if you could what that's why I said it was a coin flip. They're both three and four. You can maybe do three A and, and three B because if Marvin Harrison Jr. throughout the week is showing he's the better option, well, then Garrett's gonna get a lot of opportunity in the slot when Jackson Smith and the Jigba's not in there because you have an elite option as an outside receiver. But if Emeka Ibuka is showing you throughout a week that hey, I'm a quality option in the slot. You don't have to bring Garrett in here. Well, then that takes away from Marvin Harrison Jr. snaps because either way, Garrett's not coming off the field. So it's it might be a week by week basis where we see whoever is performing better that week ends up getting the snaps. I'm taking the punter fourth. It's okay. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> yeah, I know it's okay. This is the responsible thing to do. I'm being the grown up here. Give me the adult. I, I, I'm telling you, you ate cotton candy for dinner. I'm sitting down and eating some vegetables and taking the punter. <laughs> Aaron, where did you have Murko? I had him third. I had Jesse Murko third on my list. Aaron, where did you have him? Uh, I had him sixth. Nathan, where did you have him? I had him third, just like you. I'm, I'm, I'm an old man like you. So I do think – so he's the starter. I don't even know who the other punter is. Is there another punter? Who's the other is punter? The walk-on still here who punted in the Big Ten Championship game? But I can't awesome. remember his oh, name. No, right he was he was a senior. He's a senior. Okay, then. And I don't believe he re- he remained. So I don't even know who it is. Like it's him. Michael O'Shaughnessy, might be the next guy up. Okay. Oh yeah, I guess it is Michael O'Shaughnessy. Yeah, I follow him on Twitter. No offense to the O'Shaughnessys. Like it's Jesse, right? It's Jesse, and he has a guaranteed role. And I thought henderson and sawyer you see absolute paths to significant playing time for them that has they don't have to get injured there's a there's an opening they're either at a spot that rotates or they they aren't necessarily blocked by superstars i just thought the difficulty of exactly how it's going to work with the receivers because last year they didn't rotate much they did lean on the top two guys i just i don't know how that's going to work it was it produced enough hesitancy at me in me that I thought, well, I know the putter's going to punt. So that's where it's like, you, you know what Jersey Murko is going to be. He's going to be the starting punter for one of the five best teams in the country. So then it's just a matter of where you think everybody else. I did think Nathan, this was the spot. Why did you think this was the spot for the punter at three? Well, I think if you, if you have him any lower, because I agree with everything you were just saying, if you have me lower, it means that you kind of dismiss the importance of, punting altogether or you don't think that Jesse Mirko is going to necessarily give you anything significantly different than what one of the walk-on punters would give you and I would I don't presume either of those things I think punting is hugely important maybe especially important when you've got an offense that uh, at times is going to maybe need you to bail them out a little bit if, if it if it you know, new new quarterback, everything that's going on to start this season, and and a defense that could use that boost. I think punting could be could be critical. So it's it's one of those things too where I'm thinking that yes, I know punter is not a sexy position, but if if he goes out and really has a great year, he helps his team get better more than one of the even if if these young receivers, these freshman receivers, turn out to be good there are other freshman receivers who could probably do very similar things. I think Jesse Murko could be a separator if he does his job well. And the last time they got a punter from Australia, let me tell you, it was sexy. It was hella sexy. And I assume I, I think I closed my eyes and fell asleep during part of the spring. Was he rugby punting in the spring game? Like he is right. 
a little Are bit they rugby punting. Yeah, a little right? bit. So, I mean, it's like Cam Johnston doesn't do it now, I guess, with the Eagles, but like he was doing it at Ohio State. It's like, hey, rugby punting's back. Everybody loves rugby punting. So I was very comfortable with Murko behind the top two guys. We're picking him fourth here. So that's our first round. Trayvon Henderson, Jack Sawyer, Emeka Buka, Jesse Murko. We'll get to the second round of our freshman draft next on Buckeye Talk. Back with Aaron, our champion texter, to start the second round. Here on Buckeye Talk, our freshman draft. All right, Aaron, I took the non-sexy bullet for everybody. Let's get back out and get this thing. Doosh, 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 doosh. Get this party started going. Here we go. Hey, hey, whoo! I'm raising the roof. You're Who are we taking? I'll tell you what. Daddy-daughter dances, like, look out. My daughters are aging out of that now. So if anybody out there listening has a... Oh man, I want to. I want to hear the end of that say. sentence. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on. Let's move Where on. was that not, going? So, not so number five. I the number five. Mean, pick. I mean, it's. I just. I enjoy dancing. I could do the Hold cupid on. shuffle. Very good at the cupid shuffle. Very good to the left. All right, Aaron, pick number five. Who are you taking? So I'm going to stick to my list that I made. Unlike some people, when they make lists and change, and. Just <laughs> welcome to Buckeye Talk. Just <laughs> welcome. Wow. Welcome that to was, Buckeye Talk. Bring that, that heat. All right. So for my number three, I put Kyle McCord. And not just because he's a quarterback or because, you know, that's the sexy position. The reason I think he can have the impact is because he could win a starting job still. And I think uh, Ryan Day is going to try to keep him happy. And I think he's going to get some playing time in the second half where it's a little bit more meaningful than just mop-up duty. And if there is the injury, he's going to be, he would be the number one impact player, but you can't count on that. I often, I think you could make an argument on a good team that like your backup quarterback is like the 10th most important player on the team, right? That like you have the nine guys who play, who like make your program go. And then it's kind of like, man, we've got to Cause if you think that your program falls off a cliff, if the quarterback sprains his ankle, that is a tough way to live. So I think there, it, a lot of this makes sense, even if you think he has no chance to win the starting job. But if you think he has some chance, then I think five absolutely makes sense because, as you said, if he ends up going in there, he's number one. So, Stephen, where did you have McCord on your list? He was number six The high because, yeah, to a lot of that point. One, the starter has – I know we think it's going to be C.J. Stroud, but that's not official yet. And so I wanted him to be number one after the guys who we know will at least have some level of a role, whether it's Jesse Miracle, who's already the starter, or Jack Sawyer, Travion Henderson, uh, Emeka Buka, and another guy, Marvin Harris, who hasn't been named yet. But uh, he's also my top five guys where at least they're going to have a role with him. It's – He'll shoot up to number one if Ryan Day picks him as a, as a starting quarterback, but he can also easily just not make this list if he's not the starting quarterback. So six is a good spot for him to live in right now. I mean, can I, I mean, and I would contend if we thought he was like, oh, he's third, then I think you could not put him on the list. Like if right. he's third, if you think he's second, then he's top 10 of freshmen, no matter what. And I think he could be as high as fifth, no matter what, even like if he doesn't take, a meaningful snap the whole year because I, I don't know that I actually mean this Nathan that like oh because if they believe in the backup quarterback then they can 
you know, run a triple reverse with CJ Stroud where they end up throwing him a pass because they think, ah, it doesn't matter if he gets hurt. We believe in the backup. That's not what happens. But it is a tough way to go through life being like, don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. We're screwed if you get hurt, right? That they just, it would add a level of anxiety, I think, to every snap CJ Stroud takes. It would add it for Ryan Day, for Kevin Wilson, for Corey Dennis, for everybody on that team. If they knew in their hearts, man, if the starting quarterback gets hurt, we're dead. If they think, you know what? We don't want anybody to get hurt. But if we had to play the the next guy, he'd be fine. That's a much easier way to live, Nathan. So I do think there's some intangible stuff that comes into play with the pick like this, which is why five in a draft like this makes absolute sense. Yeah, he was sixth on my list. And and the more I think about it, it, maybe he should have been higher. And I, I think what you have to remember is we're getting to a juncture here where not to just cripple the exercise, but you're getting to a juncture on these lists where the reality is a lot of these guys won't play. Like we're getting to a juncture where like guys are going to play scant snaps or especially like meaningful snaps. Right. So the one after, I mean, he was sixth on my list. There's one other guy that the guy I'll pick next, but that where, but his is the impact that could be the greatest. That's the other thing to remember here. Like if you're going to, if you're gambling on a list like this, like which true freshman could end up having the the performance that makes or breaks this season. The, the guy who would rank first on that is Kyle McCord. Aaron, You've listened to us talk about the quarterback situation. We know every Ohio State fan is thinking about and talking with their friends about the quarterback situation. How would you characterize your view right now based on just what you've read, what you've heard, what you watched in the spring game? Do you feel like like it's going to be C.J. Stroud or do you think that there's some, you know, significant chance at least that Kyle McCord could actually outright win the job? So hearing you guys talk about how like when you look at C.J., he kind of looks like Justin Fields, if you didn't know the difference. And when I see in the spring game, I completely agree. And I'm like, I can see why they say that. He does look like him. He carries himself the same way. When I seen Kyle McCord throw that first ball, I'm like, that dude has an on. You can sling it. So I do think CJ, you know, has the lead right now because of the experience. But I have no doubt that Kyle McCord could be the starter September 2nd. Okay. I mean, you're not alone. I'm, I'm there. You're, you're not alone in this fan base who, who would think that. So yeah, who knows? I mean, it could be, it could be a very interesting August. All right, let's go to pick six and, uh, and Nathan, you get to be a little sexy here still. So go ahead. I mean, uh, you know, what am I not? I, I mean, you got a beard. I, 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 I beard since when? Beard since like uh, like seven eight years. Mid did did you have a baby face previously? Was your face cold? What was the uh, impetus here? Um, it, laziness. I was um, I was painting my house, the the, the uh, interior rooms of my house, and I had like some time off from work, like several days, and I had just gone like three or four days without shaving, and I was just like, oh, like let's. I wonder if this, this, I guess is how you grow a beard. Like, let's just let this go for a while. My, my now wife uh, seemed to like it. So it, it, we just ran with it. And, uh, and then laziness now has prevented me from shaving it all off. I shaved when, last Thursday. You shaved last Thursday. Yeah, I shave on my off day. Uh, that's I, I appreciate that. I like planning out the <laughs> shave, right? I mean, like, I don't want to shave every day. I plan out the shave a little bit, but again, in the end, 
Nathan, I mean, I would imagine if you had a thing, if you had a survey and you sent it to men with beards and it's like, why do you have a beard? Check as many as apply. Significant other, number one, laziness, number two. And I don't know what number three would be. Like, are there any other things? I think number three would be just like shrugging your shoulders. Be like, well, why not? Faces be crazy. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, all these reasons. I've only been able to grow facial hair for about two years. Like legitimately, this is not just a young joke. It's legitimate. So the fact that you're just like, why not grow it out? Is a little envious of that. Yeah. Exert your manhood probably is on there somewhere too. exert. Lord it over people who can't grow a full beard. Am I really fooling anybody on that? <laughs> <laughs> take more than a beard. You don't think there's a lot of people walking by you on a daily basis saying, look at that guy exerting his manhood. Ay, ay, ay. I, I don't. All right. Exert your manhood and, and take your pick, number six. Uh, this is where I'll take Marvin Harrison Jr. And the reason I had him above Igbuka, and because even, even if their snaps equalize a little bit, I think what we're seeing from Harrison, um, I texted today about like his size, that whole wide receiver core size, but like his size, he, he was listed at what? Six, three. Let me get it right here. Whatever he's listed at, he seems bigger. Six, three, two Oh two. That's what he's listed at on the spring. But he seems even bigger than that. And I, I see ways where even in first string situations or like, you know, the weight of the game situations he's in there getting snaps maybe even in red zone situations and maybe being a target there i just think that his impact could be greater because of the situations he'll get used in as opposed to you know um between the 20s middle of the field kind of usage that you might see for egbuka so nathan you had harrison over egbuka correct nathan you did correct yes i had harrison over egbuka aaron who did you have higher egbuka or harrison I had Harrison. Okay, so Stephen, the three of us all had Harrison over Ibuka, but he is also potentially backing up the best receiver in college football. So, like, I right. get like like coming from that standpoint because you know the only question here we're, we're because here's what we're not ranking: we're not ranking the best freshman. I think if we were ranking the best freshman, I th- think we might have him third. Oh, Marvin Harrison? Yeah. Would you Probably. still, if, if we were just uh, saying like, like best, who will be the best player, the best football mm, player, no. take away opportunity, take away importance. Who will be the best football players this fall among the class of 2021 oh, this fall? Okay. This fall. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm talking about this fall that like it, people would be being like, man, you should see what this guy looks like in practice. He can't get on the field on Saturday because he has all Americans in front of him. He kills people in practice. He is going to be awesome. Like that kind of stuff. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to gauge that because let's just take their spring game. Cause those two got the targets because obviously both of them had seven catches. One had 123 yards on nine tag- targets. And the other guy had seven catches from 49 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets without telling you who is who, which one of those statistics was better. No, you're, you're right. And Emeka is the first one. You're right. Right. It's just ones that because they don't even if they were both playing the same wide receiver position, it's easier to do that. But Emeka with the 123 yards, 
makes sense. You're in a slot. You're going to have a, a lot of yards because you're a tuck and go guy. While with Marvin Harrison Jr., it's more about possession. Of course, he's the one who got the touchdown in the red zone, as, as Nathan just mentioned. So that's, it's hard. It still might be 3A, 3B because they both did their, did their jobs pretty damn well on Saturday if these numbers show you. And then if the eye test showed you that as well. So that's hard because they're not both the same wide receiver. Yeah, I think a lot of people like we all like Marvin Harrison. It's just you're trying to you're trying to parse it a little bit. And I do yeah. think I think we can have some fun like over under stuff before the season and trying to guess like how they are both going to fit playing different positions, different situations, how they're going to fit in this offense in 2021. All right, Stephen, you're up next with pick number seven. Can I ask a question about Harrison? Yes, sir. Of course. It's just something you guys can see happening. So I'm from the Cincinnati area. I got Joe Burrow as my quarterback. I want Jamar Chase in the draft. Could you see Marvin Harrison getting a little bit more playing time when Common Court is in because of the familiarity? You know, they had could, a nice take and Jigba out if McCord is in due to the familiarity they have with each other from their high school. I think they had one target on Saturday and the refs ruled it dead, but you could have easily have ruled that a catch as well. I could see that. I mean, I mean, they put, I think they put the yardage up on the screen of what they did at St. Joe's and it was pretty ridiculous. The, the stats yeah. they had. Um, so yeah, of course, I, I think it, even if it's that. not necessarily playing time, it might just be, you know, if Marvin Harrison's on the field and Kyle McCord is a starting quarterback, I know that guy's going to catch the ball if I throw it to him, so he might just get the targets. That's that, one of the reasons I had Harrison above Kabuka. That makes me want to research the history at major college football programs of quarterbacks and receivers who played in high school and then what happened when they got to the school. Because we thought we were going to have it maybe with Matthew Baldwin and Garrett Wilson here, and then that obviously didn't happen at all. Ohio so, State had a Heisman Trophy winner when they did it with oh, that's right. Troy yeah. Smith. That's the kind of thing I say sometimes. Oh, has it ever, ever happened before? I don't I, I, Other than Matthew Baldwin. I mean, Matthew Baldwin just sleeps right to the front of my mind. I don't think they've had any other teammates who were quarterback and receiver, except for the Heisman Trophy winner and the fastest person I've ever seen in real life. So, yes, also them. Also, Troy Smith and Ted Ginn Jr., why Marvin Harrison taking Garrett Wilson's job as the ex receiver is the best thing for Kyle McCord's Heisman Trophy campaign. I'm right there. <laughs> now I'm trying. Yeah. Now we got to Yeah. Yeah. Can they share a Heisman? That's crazy. Yeah. It's like, I, I, and actually now it makes me think that might be the best one. How could you have a better, a more productive combination of high school teammates who are a receiver and a quarterback than, oh, what the, uh, what the, uh, what the quarterback do? Uh, he uh, won the Heisman. Uh, what the uh, what the uh, what the receiver do? He was the fastest person you ever saw, and he was a ninth pick in the draft. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Good luck to Kyle and Marvin. Try to match that, guys. All right. Sorry, I forgot about that. Sorry about like I forgot about like the most significant two people that I covered in my first five years of being an Ohio State beat writer. Who's up? Now I'm lost. Is it me? No, it's Steven. No, Make it's your pick. I think we've we've drawn a line in the sand here. Of- I agree. I know who you're picking, but I agree. Okay, cool. I just want to make, before I make the pick, I just want to make sure that there is a line in Santa realistic, have a role versus like some things have some injuries and a lot has to happen for this to make sense. Now we're really um, just talking about, I think like second team guys that they yeah. 
hope can be maybe be solid backups that if like they might end up being relied upon in an emergency, but not much more. So with that being said, I'm taking Donovan Jackson, who is the best player of the people who we have left. Number one guard in the country who is on the Harry Miller track right now of a guy who didn't early enroll and might end up being a second teamer just based off of how dominant he is in fall camp. So not that it's any great thing. That's who I thought you would pick Aaron, Mm -hmm. that idea of Jonathan Jackson. We've talked a lot about like how the interior of this offensive line is going to fit together. Steven has talked about Donovan Jackson sort of in that mix. He's made sure let's keep him in the mix. Where was Donovan Jackson who is not here yet on your list, Aaron? I did have him eighth. I had one above him. So we're right. We're entering that zone here. Um, I had Donovan Jackson seventh as well. Nathan, where did you have him? I had him seventh. I have one person ahead of him still hasn't been picked. So this is like, I, if I redid my list, I would have him a court higher based on what everybody said. And sort of, I, I agreed with, I, I ended up agreeing with where Aaron picked him. I had McCord eighth on my list originally, but I would change that now that, that pick him fifth. Like I would have Kyle McCord ahead of Donovan Jackson because neither of them will play. You would say maybe unless something happens, but Kyle McCord's closer to playing, you know, like he's still, I don't Donovan Jackson. I don't think has any chance to come in and like win a job. McCord still might win a job. And then like, also if he does play, he's the stinking quarterback. So I should have had McCord higher, but I think Jackson is a smart pick here. But on my original list, I did also have one other person ahead that has not been picked yet, who I am going to pick now. And it is also a person who's not here. Nathan, you still have a guy left. Is the person that you still have higher on your list than Jackson also not here? I think he's not here. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe he's here. I don't think he's here, though. Can you tell us, can just for the sake of a hint, because you're picking next, what side of the ball is he on? Defense. I can tell you if he's here. He's not here. Okay. My call. I'm taking my no. call at this spot. I had him sixth on my list. And although I agree we are in probably in the range of like guys who aren't going to play unless something happens, I could envision, if you're telling me that they at times have rotated six defensive tackles, which they have, And if you're telling me that the top three right now for sure are Haskell Garrett, Antoine Jackson, and Teron Vincent, fourth is probably Jerron Cage, right? Who's fifth? Probably. Do we know for sure? And so if you I think we know for sure. We do know for – who do you think I'm saying I don't think we know for sure. We don't. If you're telling me that you think that they, frankly, there's a room for like a fifth or sixth defensive tackle to get like 150 snaps, not just in blowouts in like, Hey, we're playing a good team and we got to roll guys. We got to roll. We got to roll. We got to roll. And Mike Hall, who like just kept rising up the recruiting rankings and everybody seemed to say great things about, I could see that. I could see that he finishes fifth in snaps among defensive tackles with a 15% role in the defense. Steven, is that crazy? Like, is there, and it's just a little bit about like, well, who's in front of him? You know, there's no, Haskell Garrett's really good, but it's not like he has, you know, three All-Americans in front of him. What do you think of my call here? No, it's not crazy. He was actually not, he's ninth on my list. Just, I think there's a guy ahead of him in my hierarchy just because he's already here. But no, Larry, he's in the right position room to make that happen. Larry likes to use depth. 
especially in that interior line. And every other day, my calls tweeting out videos of him clearly in the Mick, the coach Mick weight program, even if he's not on campus already and tagging Larry Johnson in those. And I mean, he looks the part, right? So we'll see if, if how much of that translates once he gets on campus, but he at least looks the part and he's in the right spot with the right coach who will use him if he's ready to go. So it's not crazy. He should be in the top 10 on this list. Aaron, could you see any Mike Hall role and where did you have him on your list? So I did, uh, I just made my list of 13 because there was one guy I wasn't sure uh, because of injury. So I only did a list of 13 and I did not have Mike Hall on there. I just, I don't have as much information on him other than like what you read on 24 set, you know, you're not, you are paid (laughs) to actually serve the American people. You are a government employee (laughs) who actually makes life in America better on an everyday basis. Therefore, your in-depth knowledge of third string defensive tackles who are still in high school is not expected to be as deep as our knowledge because believe it or not we get paid for this so no excuses necessary to not have my call on the list i do understand the idea of certainly it's like well if they're here steven it gives them a little edge nathan did you have my call on your list and like it is a little easier it's like well he wasn't at the spring game he hasn't been at spring practice that matters at least some I think it does matter. I did not have him in my top 12. I think everything you're saying as far as his eventual ceiling and our our lack of real knowledge behind those top four guys on the defensive line, I, that makes some sense to me. There are other names who've gotten mentioned, though, as guys who are flashing things in practice, whether it's Jaden McKenzie, whether that's Ty Hamilton, whether we saw some good things from Darian Henry Young in the spring game. Like I, I feel like there's guys – that are, are going to get those reps. And I don't know if I see a freshman arriving in the summer and surpassing those guys. I, I would be surprised if he finished fifth in snaps among the DTs. I also am leaving the door cracked open for like, wow, we got a dude. This guy should have been a top 30 national player, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's on the table. Yeah. That he just, cause, and, and, and again, just trying to, uh, trying to give a little context on some of this stuff. In 2018, as true freshman, Tommy Togiai played 114 snaps. Teron Vincent played 98 snaps. So, again, that's not much, but it's more than zero. So, like, and, and I think it's possible we're going to wind up with some guys who, when we look back, might be like, oh, they played 11 snaps and they were on our list, right? Just because, you know, this team's pretty good. They're not going to play a ton of true freshmen, but we're going 12 deep. We're going to start our third round. Back to Aaron's third pick. We'll do that next on Buckeye Talk. All right. I kind of think we might be moving toward a certain position group. I'll be very curious to see if that's where we wind up with our last round of picks here. We're picking the 12 freshmen that we think have the greatest chance to have any influence on Ohio State in 2021. We are not predicting. It's like It actually would be almost more fun to predict who's going to have the best career, but then what? We'll be like, stay tuned. We'll be back in five years to find out who was right. I mean, like, it's you can't, there's some, there's only so much of that you can do. So, this we're going to find out in the fall who helped them. So, Aaron, you are up with the ninth pick in the freshman draft. All right. Sticking to the list. Um, I know he is apparently buried in the depth chart, but this guy is the only one who I think is different from all the others. And I picked Evan Pryor. He's here. 
he is a top 100 national recruit and there is not a current all-american blocking him so he has some things in his corner that a lot of these other guys don't it's a crowded room but nathan it's not crowded with sure things so throwing like aaron Pryor, like throwing his hat in the ring I don't know what I think of him right now, but also what we think of this running back room on September 1st could be completely different from what we think of it now. What do you think of Evan Pryor here? I didn't have him in my top 12. I understand, though, where someone would pick him just based on pure upside. I, I suppose there, there's also you start talking about scenarios of, of special teams and things. I don't know if there's a role for him there. This season, it sounds like they're going to rely on the guys that they know. Um, but you start talking about other other ways to contribute beyond just being in the offense. Um, it just it feels as much as there are no sure things in that running back room. It feels like there are enough guys who have like like one like button that they've been given by the coaches for something. Right? It's like the Master Teague presence that he has, and then the Trevion Henderson what he's flashed already and the Mayan Williams uh, proved them all wrong badge and the Marcus Crowley, you know, fighting through the injuries, but like everybody has something like that, that I think is going to have them higher on the pecking order that it might just take Evan Pryor a full year to get in and, and crack in and, and find a role in this backfield. Can I blow people's minds here for a second? Let's guess. Let's have an official guess. I hope you guys, maybe Steven's looking at the list right now. We're going to guess how many snaps Mayan Williams played last year <laughs> for the Ohio State Buckeyes, according to 11 Warriors. Aaron, how many snaps do you think Mayan Williams played? Eight. Nathan, how many think he played? I might take the under on that. I mean, he, mm, it might be like six. Steven? I have it up, so go ahead and okay. give the answer. I don't want to ruin it. 14. 14. Can but, I say how hold on, and eight of them came in the Michigan State game? And and th- were there three in the Clemson and, game? Just three and th- three and literally those three carries. One a bit, but it's just about eight were in the Michigan State game at the end of that game. And then three of them were literally the three carries he got in the Clemson game. So let's have this discussion right now because I do think we want to provide some context on this stuff. I was trying to make a list of if we looked backward and said, okay, well, who which freshman did the most for this team in 2020, right? So here's the number of snaps by like the guys that mattered like at all <laughs> did anything in 2020 among freshmen. Jackson Smith Najigbo played 163. Julian Fleming played 128. Lathan Ransom played 61. Ryan Watts played 28 because he had a game where he had to play. The Rutgers game, I think. Paris Johnson played 22 and Mayan Williams played 14. But when I was making the list of like, okay, if we are evaluating based on what happened, we're no longer guessing which freshman helped the team the most in, in 2020. I had, I put Mayan Williams second. (laughs) And then I was like, no, that's probably wrong. But I remembered a thing that he did when it mattered. And then I was like, oh, let's see how many snaps we played. I was like, 14? What? But like, that's the context of we're trying. That's, but that's not atypical. Now it was weird year. It was maybe slightly atypical. 
shortened season, fewer snaps, shortened practice, fewer opportunities for development. But that's what we're talking about here. I guess, actually, if you said it, it would be Jackson Smith, the Jigba one. Although he had the famous catch, but I'm trying to think, like, what did he actually do that, like, really made them win? Right? And I guess he had to play when they had some of the guys missing for receivers, missing for COVID and stuff. I think Lathan Ransom actually might have been second because Lathan Ransom played meaningful snaps in the playoff. Right? Lathan Ransom played 28 snaps that mattered, I think, against Clemson. Julian Fleming had to start in the Big Ten championship game. So, like, that's in there. But, like, I think those four, Ransom, Fleming, Smith, the Jigba, and then the little shot of Mayan, you know, Watson, Paris played a little bit, but they don't, like, it, it's only four, right? And it's barely four. So, I think, like, Aaron, does that surprise you at all that that's, when you look back last year, that's all it was? Or as an Ohio State fan, is that sort of what you expect now? That there's just not going to be that many true freshmen. Yeah, we know what J.K. Dobbins did in 2017. But for the most part, there's not going to be that many that, that do much in year one. You know, uh, I hope that's not how it is. I'm thinking last year was the weird year. They didn't have their springs and all that. And, you know, we come back with a few weeks to get ready for a season. I hope the best players play and you don't just, you know, Marcus Crowley, he's been hurt and he's fought real hard, but he's not as good as the other guys. You know, that's what I hope the best players play. because I want to win now. I don't want people to have their feelings feel good. I want to win. 2019, Garrett Wilson played 450, important role, big, important role. Harry Miller played 284. I think he started once at least from one of the a games. Of, or- no, I don't think he started, but he just he had a game where he had uh 46 and then 39. I think that was Maryland Rutgers. They just that, played like the, the second team line the whole second half. Basically. Yeah, that's the thing with that. that's the thing with 2019 and 2020 is uh, Ryan Day brought it up a lot. They just played a lot of football in 2019 because they were in so many blowouts. So that's a little unrealistic. But then also 2020 was so real weird that nobody got any extra snaps. So hopefully we get back to a more normal situation when it comes to freshman snaps and how many of these guys the expectation of non five stars, what they should be playing. Actually, the, the, I had it wrong. Harry Miller played 181 in 2019. It was Zach Harrison who played 284. Zach Harrison yeah. and Garrett Wilson had actual roles. Zach Harrison mm-hmm. was second in defensive end snaps as a true freshman in 2019. That's real. Garrett Wilson was a full member of the receiver rotation. That's real. They were the only two guys in 2019 that really had real roles. 2018, that huge, great recruiting class, Tyreek Smith played 183, had, I think, a role at times kind of like in the defensive end mix. Chris Olave, we know, came on at the end of the year when they needed a Michigan game, all that stuff. 169, though, only 169, because he didn't do much before that. Jeremy Rucker at 129 was kind of in the mix, like as like the second-ish tight end, second, third-ish tight end, but had a role. Tommy Togi, 114, Teron Vincent, 98. Nathan, like, right? I don't. We're doing this exercise, but we're doing this exercise in the context of we know that there is it really is sort of limited opportunities for guys to come in and do much. Yeah. And as you said before, like the thing that sometimes determines this is the unforeseen. It's somebody who we think is entrenched, gets hurt, whatever happens to them. And that creates just a domino effect that pushes somebody else onto the field. That can be a very difficult thing to try to guess. But I think there's also over the course of the spring and I, it's, I mean, I'm interested in who you guys pick. I like who I, I think I like who I'm going to pick and I have my reasons for it. 
but for these last spots, because you do hear like kernels of things, morsels that we get in the spring of how a guy looked or the impression that they made and, and what that could mean as far as getting them on the field at all. And like, I feel like the guys who are in camp at, at this point, guys who are in camp have an advantage over the guys who may have a higher ceiling, but weren't here at all. All right. Pick number 10 in, or pick number nine is in Evan Pryor by Aaron. Aaron, Aaron picked Evan. Nathan, pick number 10 is you, your final pick. I'm going to take Denzel Burke here. There's obviously a lot of young cornerbacks on this team that are all going to be sort of trying fighting for some kind of spot. I don't know that he has the highest ceiling. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have necessarily the highest ceiling of any of the cornerbacks in this class even. But he's here, and we were hearing good things about him this spring. And it wasn't necessarily just uh, – it was a lot of good intangible things. And you, I guess you could, you could look at that either way. Like, well, okay, but they weren't saying necessarily he was going out and just tearing the place apart and setting the room on fire. And they're talking about intangible, so maybe that doesn't mean as much. But to me, it also says something that, that you know, Matt Barnes was talking about how Burke came in and had really applied himself before he even got to Ohio State to make sure that he came in more prepared than they thought he would be to play cornerback because it wasn't something that he had an extensive background with. Just little things like that tell me that he may have the upper hand as far as getting onto the field this season and having some kind of impact. Let me ask a question before we continue the discussion. Steven, your pick is next. Are you picking a corner with your next pick or no? I'm not, but there's a corner on my list, and it's not Denzel Burke. Okay. So then we can have the full-throated discussion here, I think. Okay. Because what we're talking about is Denzel Burke, who's here, versus Jordan Hancock and Kalen Johnson, who aren't here. And I'm not 100% sure that I agree, Nathan, with the general premise of Denzel Burke ahead of the other two just because he's here for 15 practices. And I don't know what the history would tell us, right? Like lower rated recruit, he's here for the spring. Higher rated recruit, he only gets here in August. Who, who gets on the depth chart first? That might be worth something looking at. I don't know that right now. But if we're talking about impact in 2021, I, I think even – I'm not sure that I agree, but even if I do agree – for September 1st, I'm not sure I agree for October 15th. And that if Johnson and, and Hancock are were viewed, I mean, just factually, were rated as better prospects, if they needed them, would they move past Denzel Burke in the pecking order at some point this season? I think I might bet on that, that I wouldn't pick Burke here. And I'll just say my order was Ja'Kalen Johnson – Jordan Hancock, then Denzel Burke. That was my yep. order of the three corners. They were all in my top 12, but that was my order. So we'll get back to you, Nathan, on that. But Stephen, what's your view on these three corners specifically? So I'll start with Denzel Burke first because that's the pick. And you're right, Kerry Combs and, and Matt Barnes, they've said some good things about Denzel Burke. And I get that that they said that he came in a little bit more prepared to play corner than they thought he would, given that he's never played a position. He didn't, he played wide receiver in high school. I don't know how much I believe that because he had surgery on his shoulder after I think his second game of his senior year of high school. So if he's rehabbing from an injury, how was he getting reps playing corner? And how was he prepared to play the position? So I don't know how much I believe that part of it, but also because he didn't play a position, he was listed as an athlete. I look at him and I think Cameron Martinez, 
And right now we're talking about Cameron Martinez and how we feel he might have a role as a slot corner, but it took a year. Even in a normal situation, it would have taken him a year to just get used to playing corner. So I think Denzel Burke's on that same track of, let me spend 12 months learning how to play this position. And then next year, whether it's in the slot or an outside, maybe we're talking about him as a guy who might be a contributor as a second year guy. While with Ja'Kalen Johnson and Jordan Hancock, I think that situation, the logic of one guy is here and one guy is not. So I'll give the edge to the guy who's here. I think that only works when it's equal talent. So if Ja'Kalen Johnson was here and Jordan Hancock was not, then I could understand that I'm taking Ja'Kalen Johnson over this other top 100 guy because he's been here for 15 extra practices. But when the talent level of one guy is already higher and they've been playing the position their entire life, I'll take that guy first. All right, Aaron, I want to ask you a specific question about the secondary in a moment. But Nathan, your turn. (laughs) Like just (laughs) continuing this. I mean, it's we don't know. Right. And and the answer is probably like, well, all three of them are behind seven banks, Cam Brown, Ryan Watts, Cam Martinez, and Legend Cavazos. So, you know, we're not going to start punching each other over it. But just the, again, the, as you think it might shake out for these guys this year. Again, it's I, we're at a stage of this where it's I'm not sure that anybody necessarily gets on the field makes a real impact. But again, it, it's more than just 15 practices. It's the whole. Uh, winter that they spend the, 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 the strength and conditioning there's every room every meeting that they're in and you mentioned cam brown and seven banks neither of whom well seven banks was involved at the start of the spring but most of the spring both those guys not involved at all so that's even more reps that he was able to get this spring that the, the guys who are coming in this summer were not able to get so again just in terms of trying to pick somebody who may be able to get on the field at all and do something. Uh, that's why I gave the edge to Burke. But I would definitely agree. I think in the long run, I see a, a bigger impact for both Johnson and Hancock. I think they're. I think they end up being just better players at the end of their careers. All right, Aaron. We know fans know you guys watched last year some of the issues in the secondary that Ohio State fans are not accustomed to seeing. We've spent a lot of time this spring talking about Cam Martinez, Ryan Watts, Legend Cavazos as second-year cornerbacks. Now we're talking about these three guys, Jaquelin Johnson, Jordan Hancock, Denzel Burke, as first-year cornerbacks. Where are you, Aaron, as a fan in terms of your sort of belief, your excitement, your hope about some of these young secondary guys and what they'll do for Ohio State secondary? Maybe not necessarily this year, but what do you think of the future of the cornerback position? Uh, as long as Kerry Combs is here. And he has them from the jump when they step on campus. I have more faith in them than the corners that have been here in the past, the past couple years since he left and kind of had struggling with coaching changes and, you know, just having maybe different philosophies or different ways of being taught than the consistency of Kerry Combs and how great he is with the secondary. So you figure they're bringing, I mean, they're bringing in talented dudes and there's a track record and, and it's, it's, it's a weird situation. This is like another thing of research. We spend all July researching things. I, I don't know. I don't know what the best examples are of like a really key assistant coach who left and then came back. You know, it's like Bill Snyder retired at Kansas state as the head coach and then came back. Right. Like some, that happens sometimes, but like an assistant like this, where it's like, Oh, this guy was really good at his job. Then he left and like, eh, the guy's there. Like, at least one of them wasn't as good and now he's back and you hope to get back in that flow. I I think a lot of fans, Aaron would agree with you that there's a belief 
I mean, who knows, right? I mean, you're, you're not breaking down film on the players, but there's a belief in the coach and the system and sort of like the assembly line of it, right? That like, we know what it looks like. I don't know that anybody was an expert on Gary and Conley when he got here, but then it was like, well, he sure looked pretty stinking good by the time he left. So that I'm going to believe in that. I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm very curious. I almost, Stephen, do we know? I mean, it's like, it's so common now for everybody to be here. Was there a particular reason why Jordan Hancock and Ja'Kalen Johnson did not early enroll when two thirds of the class did, or is it just, they're finishing high school. I mean, that's it. No big deal. I, I don't know uh, much about Jordan Hancock, but I, mean, I do know like with Jacalins, it was just, they just decided not to do it. Sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's not a crazy, it's not a science to it. Sometimes it's your school won't let you do it, which is why Paris had to transfer it from saying next to Princeton. And sometimes it's just, maybe you're not on track academically yeah. to be able to do it, which is my call situation. Cause he had to get his act together a little bit. And then sometimes it's just, I just want to stay home for another six months especially during a COVID year. Yeah, no, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's, it's, I mean, obviously we all know this. It's become so common. I don't ever want it to be a thing where it's like, oh, well, that guy, he didn't give up his last half year of high school. What's wrong with him? And I'm not implying that at all. I just know sometimes, and you laid out a couple, sometimes a guy just can't do it. And sometimes a guy doesn't want to do it and they'll be okay. All right, second to last pick, Steven, it's you. So, Jansen Dunn, I'm going to stick to my list this time. He was number eight on my list. And I just think that right now, I think we put him third in our death chart as far as the single high safety was concerned. But I think by the time we actually start, they actually start using that second second safety back there, he'll be second and he'll be on the field. And I just think he was 170 overall and number 10 among safeties coming out of high school, looking at some of his film and then getting to see him a little bit of that practice that day. I think he's high. I think he's a little underrated. I think he's perfect for what they want out of that single high safety as a guy who can go sideline to sideline and make plays. He was also the next guy on my list. I had him ninth overall. I would have picked him last if, if he didn't get picked here. We know Proctor's better than him, right? I, Bryson Shaw was just a little bit of a lower rated recruit and we, we just don't know a ton about him yet. So if he's the number two deep safety, I don't know. I could see a world where by some point this season, Jansen Dunn is the number two deep safety. And then, as you said, Stephen, maybe you're on the field and two safety looks, or maybe you're getting a lot of snaps and blowouts, or maybe you're just giving them confidence. You're giving the coaches confidence. If they needed you, if something happened to Proctor, you'd be okay. I do at least see a fairly clear potential path to him being in the two deep, which is mm-hmm. where we're getting here. And, and I agree with that pick. Nathan, did you have uh, him on your list? He was ninth. He was next on my list. And I even considered him instead of Burke. I thought about flipping those guys at one point. And I still think that it seems like Shaw is still the number two guy at deep safety right now. And as we talked about yesterday on the pod, you can't forget someone like Marcus Williamson being the solution there. If they think they have a good second solution at slot corner, if something, if they needed someone else at free safety. No, I think that sounds right. I, I agree with that. And so now we're getting into a, I mean, a semantic argument of could Marcus Williamson lose his job twice? Could he lose it to a 2020 guy and then lose it again yeah. to a 2021 guy, which is probably unlikely, but I mean, I mean, it wasn't great hard. last year. No, so. I know it's, he got put in a tough spot. I know. I don't yeah. want it. To, I mean, we, you know, we got to be realistic, but also, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to like bag on this guy, but they just, you know, if you're going to get better, I think it, it probably would take a lot 
maybe to like, even if Jansen Dunn maybe would beat out Bryson Shaw, it's like, well, we beat out Marcus Williamson. Marcus Williamson played 414 snaps yeah. last year. Like he was on the field constantly. That was third most in the secondary. That was more than Baron Browning. It was more than Tough Borland. It was more than Haskell Garrett and Tommy Togiai. It was more than any defensive lineman played. This guy was like fourth in snaps on the defense. So like uh, we get it, but we also have to understand that this coaching staff is going to rely on some veteran guys at some point too. All right. To wrap it up, I'm now down to the two corners I talked about. They're the last two guys on my list that have not picked yet. I have Ja'Kalen Johnson one spot ahead of Jordan Hancock just because he's slightly higher in the recruiting rankings, and that's it. So I'll take Ja'Kalen Johnson here and and make him the last pick in this draft. Aaron, is there any freshman that you had on your list that did not get picked so far that you want to talk about before we go? I had two. I had Tyleek Williams. Uh, cause I've seen that he, uh, can be a true nose tackle. And apparently we really don't have a true nose tackle since Togi I left. So I thought there might be a, a chance and he's here. Yep. So I thought there was a chance. And the other one that maybe could be higher. I had to read Carrico, uh, mainly because of special teams and there's a shot, you know, he's probably third on the death chart, but I think he would be a big contributor on special teams. He might wind up. I, I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it in the spring game. That's the kind of guy who winds up as a punt protector sometimes. Like it's like they uh, often it's that linebacker guy. I could see him having that role kind of early. And, you know, when you're talking about guys who are going to physically be on the field for Ohio State in 2021, if you're a linebacker, if you're a safety, if you're a corner, you're going to run down and do stuff and they don't have defensive linemen run down and do stuff. So like throw and read Carrico in the mix. Nathan, I think, like, yeah, Reed Carrico, you could see Reed Carrico in multiple situations for this team this year, even if he's a third-string linebacker. Yeah, it just seems like a, a football player who gets on the field. Like, they, they look for those guys. They, you know, the, the, that opportunity is there for you as soon as I think you put on a hostile uniform, that if you prove that you can go out and – and have the awareness that they need and, and obviously the physical things they need from you, they'll put you on the field very early. And we've seen guys thrive in those positions. So uh, I also had, I had Jordan Hancock next on my list and then Tyleek Williams would have been 12th. So he was another guy. Cause it's, it's a name that's popped up a couple times in interviews this spring. We didn't get to see him in the spring game. He's been, he got hurt. He, we were at practice one day and he was like, I think he had a boot on and was kind of limping around. So we didn't get to see him much at the end of the spring, but there there's something there and and like as you said before with my call the path is there potentially for someone to climb to the bottom of that rotation and then i, I think, think williams might be uh robert landers we born seriously because he just looks so much smaller than all the other defensive linemen he looks like a little bowling ball right now he might just be in that same vein and i think it's similar to the discussion of like burke is here hancock and johnson are not tyleek williams is here mike hall is not the mm-hmm. higher rated guy didn't get the offseason weight room stuff and the practice. What does it mean? I do think that's a, another thing along the lines of the discussion we already had. So, um, all right, before we wrap this up, Aaron, in general, as we're going through this group, we know that it was the number two class in the country. We thought for a while it was going to be the number one class in the country. What do you think of this 2021 Ohio State freshman class, not just for what they're going to be in the fall, but for what they're going to do in their careers here? I mean, it seems like uh, we need to get back 
to having, you know, being DBU. And that's what I'm hoping these corners can provide for us with, you know, Kerry Combs leading us to the promised land of being DBU once again. No, I think there's a, there's a couple things here. I think like getting back to stuff, I think it applies to the corners in this class. I think it applies to the running backs in this class, right? Some of it is a continuation, keep doing it at receiver, but, but this was a class that, and as we've discussed along the way, Stephen, they had, they had to fill some holes here. They had to like sort of jumpstart again, like just the stacking at certain positions and they did it. And it allows us to have discussions like this, but man, you know, it's just one of those, again, can you imagine this could feel like a team? I don't feel like this team really has holes, right. Going into 2021 quarterbacks, a question mark, but they have three reasonable solutions. There's not holes, but part of that is because, when you get down to the depth, there are kind of a lot of young guys, I think, that people believe in. Yeah, obviously, Tony Alford kind of redeemed himself going to get Javion Henderson and Evan Pryor. I think with the cornerback situation, I think I wrote it earlier this year, but then also Nathan and I on BFF when we, you know, ranked the court, the, the assistant coaches by their recruiting ability. I think Kerry Combs over the last four years has showed you just how valuable of a recruiter he is. Right. Because, I mean, Jeff Okuda, the Sean Wage of the world, those Denzel Ward, those guys were coming in here. And I know Denzel Ward wasn't a five star, but he ended up being the number four pick in the draft. So I'm throwing him in there. He leaves and everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. He comes back and then his first class back on the roster, he's got two top 100 guys. And then he follows that up with another guy who might be Damon Arnett reborn and Jair Brown. And then a five star corner who might end up being the number one cornerback in his class and Jaheim Singletary immediately. It's not like it took a year for him to get back into the groove of things. So that's what you saw here was, you know, yes, filling some holes where you had some misses in the past, but also one assistant coach showing you, we already knew he was a valuable assistant coach, but you found out just how valuable he was to this program over the past four years. All right. To wrap it up, the 12 freshmen that were taken in our freshman draft of who will contribute the most to the Ohio State Buckeyes in 2021. Number one trivia on Henderson was taken by Aaron. Jack Sawyer, number two by Nathan. Emeka Buka, number three by Steven. I took punter Jesse Murko fourth. Aaron took Kyle McCord fifth, and I think swung us on the idea that he deserved to go that high. Number six, Nathan took Marvin Harrison Jr. Number seven, Steven took guard Donovan Jackson, not here yet. At eight, I took defensive tackle Mike Hall, not here yet. Aaron at number nine took running back Evan Pryor. Nathan at number 10, cornerback Denzel Burke. Steven at number 11, safety Jansen Dunn. And at number 12, I took cornerback Ja'Kalen Johnson. Aaron, having gone through this experience, does it make you want to do a podcast every day? Or are you thinking to yourself, my God, that was a waste of an hour and 20 minutes of my night? It definitely was not a waste. Anytime I can be on the podcast, I would be on it. So I'll be doing the bracket next year. Try to get on again. I, I talked to my boss. We were going to next year make it be a thousand dollar cash prize for the bracket. But if you just think it should just be beyond the podcast, we'll just keep it at that. I mean, this is much more valuable than a thousand dollars cash money. So, like, this will be the prize again. Aaron will be back in the bracket to try to defend his title. Aaron, thank you for listening to Buckeye Talk. Thank you for delivering our mail and serving America. And uh, and thanks for winning the bracket because, like. My bracket was so bad, I assumed everybody's was bad. And it gave us, Nathan, it like gave us something to talk about. We were like, what? 
somebody got that many right. Like we were blown away, weren't we? Yeah, there were there were a few people that that did uh, that had some some really good. I mean, didn't there was somebody who had four all four Final Four teams, I believe. Some person um, did. Yeah, of course. You know, I tried to be unbiased, and you know, I picked the team up north to make the Final Four, and they screwed up mine. <laughs> Never again, I'm sure. Right? Never again. Oh my god, I'm, I'm not picking go. anything. Uh, I have a new. Uh, new bracket thing that I'm going to do every year. It's I'm never going to pick UC to make it out the first round. I'm not going to pick Ohio state to make it out the first round. Chris Holtman is going to call you and yell at you for saying that. So please just be aware that that might happen. <laughs> all right. Well, Nathan, thanks for like taking care of the bracket and getting all this organized and having Aaron on the podcast. Aaron, it was great having you. Uh, the three of us are so tired of looking at each other. We just wanted it to have another human to interact with is like a joy for us. So you did a great job. You know your stuff. We'll do some other opportunities down the line here. We'll do some more stuff with the texters or play some games or I don't know what, but it's nice to have a listener come on and hang out for a little bit. So we've got to add that in as part of the regular rotation at some point uh, this off season. But for now, for Aaron, for Nathan, for Steven, I'm Doug. And that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>